0: December 29th, 2021. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Memhe Amud and if you count from the bottom, it's 16 lines up. Just very briefly before we continue, though, just to touch and finalize a point that we were addressing yesterday, which really introduced us too much of the conversation that we're in right now. Uh, the Gemara, in its context, which we'll introduce right now, is in the midst of discussing Shemuel's opinion. That's what's, what's the springboard to everything. Shemuel says, when the Torah says, in the context of, uh, of putting a person to death by stoning, by throwing rocks at him. So he, says, he takes it very literally. He says that if their Edim had a hand initially or had hands initially, if one of their hands became cut off in any way, Shape or form afterward, you can't execute the person. And what the Gemara's interpretation, for good reason, of Shimuel is we're kera The pasuk needs to be taken even in extenuating circumstances, if it's a mitzvah or a chodah from the Torah to be taken very literally without any uh, wiggle room. When you're dealing with perhaps a mitzvah mid the rabbis told you to do X, you can say ideally one way or otherwise another way. But Shemuel's statement over here is there's no lechatechila, there's nobody on that. That's the kera kedikhti, that's really much of what our sugya deals with. The Gemara in context initially challenged Shemuel Even locally, the challenge of Shemuel was, well, are you so certain that when we put people to death, we need to do it exactly detail for detail as the Torah describes it to us? Don't we have a dirashah by, by a person who's a murderer and he in turn needs to get saif or herik, what's uh, referred to as his execution. And the Torah says mot yumat, and the dirashah of the hachamim is mikol makom, in any way, shape or form, that you need to, based on circumstance, put him to death, that's what you do. But wait a second, we're supposed to behead him. The is Motyumat. And then of course the continuation was and so forth. But at that juncture, Jeffrey asked yesterday, well, is it really so in general by putting to death, if I can't put a person to death with the Mitaha ketubabo so for example, he's Hayav Sikhilah, she's Hayav Hainik, can you give a different punishment? And my response very quickly was uh, absolutely not. You can't give another punishment. I'm well aware of this gemara. This gemara courses through my veins. This is the gemara, the gemara is on Daf Fain as well. Interestingly and importantly, Tosafot in Masechet Makot and Daf Beit Amud cites from a Tosafta. Tosafta, of course, is a collection of Biraitot. Now, very often the get entered into our gemara. From time to time, uh, more often than you'd imagine. They don't get collected now Gemara. They don't get mentioned. And the only way to find them and access them is you either have separate books called Tosefta, or in the back of the Gemara each of the Gemarot have Tosefta those collections. In Tosefta Tuma Masechet Sanhedrin it says explicitly cites Tosafot that if a person can't whatever the circumstance and reason be put to death the way he's supposed to Let's, for argument's sake say uh, he was supposed to be put to death with Chenech and the Beit Din doesn't have the proper instruments to do so. Can you put him to death in another way, and the Tosefta says explicitly yes. Tosafot asks on our Gemara. They say there's some incongruence over here. Clearly, from our Sugai, it appears it's only by Resiha that will do so, only when you're supposed to be beheaded, and you can't be beheaded. That's the Derashav Mot Yumat. Somehow the Tosefta has it otherwise. Tosafot distinguishes between the way in which you're going to kill the person. In other words, what that Tosefta, Tosafot, yesh lehalek, between Tosefta and Tosafot, they're about 1,200 years removed one from the other. Tosefta is a collection of beraitot. Tosafot, uh, begun with students and grandchildren of Rashi, are on the page of uh, the Talmud in front of us from the uh, 13th and uh, 12th century. But anyway, that being the case, uh, says uh, says Tosafot, here's the difference. if it was, as I said, you're supposed to get Sikila' you're supposed to get chenik, and we can't do that to you. What Tosef Ta is telling you is, but give them another one of our four ways of killing, right? In other words, we have those four, sekilah, serefa, chenik, hanek You can't get serifah, so we'll give you chenik. You can't get chenik, so we'll give you saif, or whatever the circumstance is. That's what's permitted, that's what Tosef Ta says. Our gemara, by by Rosea, by a murderer, where it says, oh, wait a second, you can't put him to death as a murderer with saif, give him kol mita. Mikol makom, which means say anywhere you need to do, shoot him, hang him, do whatever it need be. That's the difference between Roseah and the other mitot betin. Judah pointed out the top Tosafot on the page calls attention to the Gemara later on on Dafayin Tet ostensibly what tosafot at first glance seemed to uh, lead us to is a similar conclusion. Tosafot says that the Gemara Ndav talks about if people were mixed up and you don't know the death punishment of each one of them, (laughs) what you do is you give the minimal punishment to each of them. In other words, in terms of severity, wait a second, said Judah, tosafot seems to be, from that Gemara, implying that it's uh, permissible or you're supposed to do that, lower the sentence and not give the exact sentence if necessary. We cited yesterday as well from Bam in the Chad and who pushes us in that direction. The Tosafot is a bit more complicated as I subsequently saw Aruch Laner points out because Tosafot is asking this as a question on our sugya, and their answer is not, I'm getting a little too complicated too early, and their answer is not, well, that's what the sugya means or we can resolve it, their answer is we have to distinguish, which means to say Tosafot seems to be uh, taking us in a little bit of a different direction. Either way, you slice it as I mentioned, let's call it Halakha ma'as, at the end of the day, Harambam in Perikodal, the Bil Sanhedrin, Halakha mentions the laws of our Gemara, but he mentions as well the fact that if you can't put the person to death in the appropriate way, the words of Harambam is the edim can put him to death in a different way. When it comes to Roseach, says Harambam, it's a bit different, Roseach, even any other person can put him to death in any way. Okay, well, anyway, that all being the case, that's just a technical, important fact, uh, which we discussed and touched on yesterday, and I mistakenly responded too simply. But anyway, back to our issue. The Gemara is dealing with this issue of kera Should we, are we, to approach the Torah when it makes statements to us and read it in the strictest and most narrow of, of, of interpretations and say, even in extenuating circumstances, sorry, this is what God said, you can't do any different. So again, 16 lines from the bottom, about six words on t- before the end of the line, Tashema, and we read this yesterday, we'll very briefly review this and then finish the sugiah. Tashema en la rehov, en la aset, irhan iddachat bishma'el. The halakha is from the Torah. If a city is of if the city at large or entirely are worshippers of idols of avodah zarah, in such a circumstance, the people need to be put to death by stoning, and the uh, and the uh, property is is burnt, and the collection of the property is brought to, and the Torah almost unnecessarily mentions this to us, it was brought to Rehov Ha'ir, it's brought out to the public street of the city. What if the city doesn't have a street? And uh, as a result, I'm dealing with the Irani Dachat, everything checks off, but we don't have a street. It says, in uh, there's no Irani Dachat and such. So you don't go through with any of the other laws. Really? Is that a necessary detail? Says Rabbi Ishmael if the Torah said it. Necessary detail. That's what we call kiraki khdiv, the Pasuk says it. You have to read it and accept it. But the uh, Torah is just telling stories. not just telling stories. telling absolute truths and details for how to do this. Rabbi Akiva Omer in La Rehov disagrees, but doesn't fundamentally disagree. He says, listen, you do need a street, but you can create the street afterwards. A, retro- a retroactive rehov is still considered rehov. Either way, you slice it, says the Gemara, both and B'Aqiva say, you can't move one iota out of the description of the Torah. The Torah says, collect all the shalal, all of the uh, the, the rahush of the city, and put it in the public street. You need a public street. If you don't have a public street, Ben lefir biShmuel, ben lefir biAkiva. You can't execute. You can't deal with the city as an Irhani Dahat As the Gemara adka la peliget, to the extent that they disagree, it's not fundamentally whether you need a, a street. Ela demor savar rechovad meikara ba'ina, umor savar rechovad haShatad nami k'dmeikara dame. Their only dispute is whether a street from the initial Avodazara time is necessary to exist that's kidameikara or alternatively the fact that i have one now hashata now retroactively means it's a street that's sufficient. However, aval de but the whole world for our purposes, the whole world is it. Be and be both opinions over here in this Biraita agree. ba'inan Everyone agrees, as did Shimuel set forth for us that when the Torah has a halacha, when the Torah has a kira, it's kedichtiv. There's nobody avad on it. But what do you mean? I don't. I don't have a screen in the. Torah. It's an absolute necessity. Concludes the Gemara. In truth. You're right, Shimuel had this statement. We had a challenge to the statement of Shimuel. We had Morkishisha who tried to support it. We disproved Morkishisha, Ben Sorero More. Kishisha. If you recall from yesterday, we brought Rabbi Akivan, and Rabbi Ishmael, who are supporting such a notion. Again, the notion being called Kera, the Pasuk Kedichtiv, in the most narrow and rigid sense. This concludes the Gemara, Tana Ehi. We believe, says the Gemara, this is really a And again, it, it touches on, not going to deal with that, but a philosophical notion and that is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrote something through Moshe in the Torah to what extent is he stating that as an unequivocal, un, un, unyielding reality? In other words, sure the principles are all there, sure with tradition Matters are not as they meet the eye. But sometimes he'll state something. Is that an absolute necessity to the extent that I'll overthrow the whole process because one of the details is missing? Shemuel's statement is yes, says the Gemara. (laughs) To the following extent. In Vayikra Perik Yodalit, there's the description of Taharat Mesorah. Mesorah, of course, a person who got Sarat. Sarat, we generally translate as leprosy. Anyway, there's a whole process in terms of uh, purifying him. And what you would do is, of course, you would have a, korba, you would have a Korban Asham, and you would take blood from the animal which was slaughtered, and you would take it and touch it, or the Kohen would take it and touch it. To, ozen yiminit, to the to the ridge of the person who's tame with sarat, his ear, his right ear, bohen yado haymanit, to the right thumb of his his right hand's thumb, and bohen raglo haymanit, and his right big toe as well. That's what the Torah says to do. We could discuss parashat mesorah if we're not talking about other matters. Why? But anyway, that's the halakha from the Torah. What if asks the Beraita he doesn't have an ear? What if it was born with or got cut off, it doesn't have a thumb or a big toe? What's the halacha in such a circumstance? Can you be metahir et What are you supposed to do? And so that's gonna be a kera kedichtiv situation. Amazingly, we're no longer on a leniency in terms of not putting to death, we're on a process in how to be metahir. Of course, where does that leave him? Does not mean he's tameh for la Okay, but anyway, the question over here is that issue. Ditnan, as the Mishnah says, in the context, of Mesura Ditnan, the Mishnah says uh, the following lo yad, regl, If the person doesn't have a right thumb, a right big toe, or a right ear. onamit, he can never be purified. I'm sorry, that's I'm sorry, that's what it is. It disagrees the says he doesn't have a right thumb, put it where the right thumb would be. Doesn't have a right ear? Put it where the right ear would be. Doesn't have a right big toe? Put it where it would be. Chalas. Now clearly, this opinion already of Beliezer is a little bit more expansive. He's not so rigid. He says, listen, the Torah says to do it. You can't do it. You do your best on it. B'di'avad? Based on circumstances, this is all you could do. But it's not that he doesn't have ta'ara olamit. Similarly, but a bit different, nuanced different. simalo Says it to be, says, says it to be Shimon. Don't put it where the right one would be. Put it in the parallel, in the left one. So on the left ear, he doesn't have a right ear, put it on the left ear. doesn't have a right thumb, put it on his left thumb. doesn't have a right big toe, put it on his left big toe. In each of these circumstances, however, these last two opinions, Bishimon and Biakiva, Excuse me, Bili and Bishimon clearly are maintaining that the halacha is Kira, is not kiddichtiv. So that's ultimately speaking, the first opinion who says in lo tahara olami, that's a Shemuel opinion. That's like the opinions of Biakibar, Akibar, We saw by Rachovayir. These last two opinions, Bili and Bishimon, they're a little bit more expansive. They're a little bit more fluid in their reading of the Torah. You can't do it. Right? You do your best in this circumstance. No, but part of the process might seem very minutiae uh, oriented. It doesn't seem like the ikar. I don't know why you're doing this, but I can do it a little bit differently. Uh, the same as you can't do it any differently if you hold kira ke <inaudible> Alternatively, the other opinion says kira is eno ke <inaudible> Okay, the next Mishnah continues to detail for us the halachot of a person who was niska. So we pretty much made our way to them being executed by. Throwing stones at them. First one of the idim and then yad kol ha'am if it's necessary. All right, they're dead. Uh, they've been executed. What are we to do now? Kol ha nitlin, says the next stage is they get hanged on a tree. You're going to take them and hang them on a tree if they are hayav If They were stoned. They get hung on a tree. That's the opinion of Bilia'ez. Chachamim omrim, eno <speaking> nitla ilham <in Hebrew> miggadev Abu The next opinion over here, Hachamim, would disagree with Bili Ezer, say, no, only two niskalin. So Bili Ezer, the first opinion, does not say, uh, well, if you're burnt, you might not have much of a remnant. But any of the other mitot betin, for one reason or another, which we'll discuss, are not nitla. They're not then placed on a tree for everyone to see. However, niskalin, if you were stoned, the most hamur, generally speaking, we assume, of the mitot, is hung for all to see. Second opinion, Hachamim disagree. Hachamim say there's only two of perhaps the most severe circumstances, where you would get Sekilah, where afterwards we're going to hang you on a tree, and that's Migadif, a person who curses God. We call that dirkat Of course, it's one of the sheva mitzvot Noach. It's one of our fundamentals. We don't curse God. However, that plays out, but don't do it. And avodah zarah, of course. I mean, that's that's the bedrock foundation of our of our religion, our our connectedness. And those two, and only those two, are the people who would be nitlal Hayat, Continues the Mishnah. and says, ha'ish. Tolino Isha, Panea et, Bil'ezah distinguishes now, he says, when the man or woman who got Sekilah and are now hung on that tree for all to see, well, the man is facing all the people. So you're going to see his beaten up face, beaten up heart, whatever it is, and it's going to cause a fear and trepidation to all the people, anyone who passes by. Of course, this isn't for a long period of time, but there is a public hanging, at the very least, and they're going to be very frightened. A woman, for the bizayon of the woman, as we discussed earlier in context of nakedness, of a woman versus a man, for the woman, we were a little bit more careful, we turn her body, her face, to face the tree instead of facing the people who would be passing by. That's the difference. Hachamim <laughs> disagree. Hachamim <laughs> <laughs> omnim. Not before hanging. Before hanging. Yes, yes. Lo taliniv That's correct, I, I, I very nonchalantly mentioned that. Yes, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting all the gory stuff and, and gruesome and not, not cleaning it up. Yes, this was not, they were not left out very long. More specifically, they were buried by nightfall. In other words, we didn't want, it's inappropriate for anybody to be hanging uh, publicly. Says, says the Mishnah, the Hachamim disagree. They say a woman would never be hanged on a tree. That's only by a man, but not by a woman, to the extent that Billy was looking to, so to speak, save the honor of the woman by turning her around. Hachamim say, first and foremost, there's only two circumstances where you get Sekidah. And even in those two circumstances, we would not do it to a woman. We don't hang a woman publicly. Inappropriate. Continues the Mishnah It says, Amar Biliezer, or Amar lahen Biliezer, it does appear as if Biliezer is responding to the Chachamim, defending himself. Again, Biliezer said, even women can be hung on that tree, whereas Chachamim disagree, ben shatach, talanashim now this we know from Rashi, which of course was was really drawing it from Talmud Yerushalmi, that long story we spent the half of one class reading from Rashi just two tapim ago in which there were those women who were sorcerers in Ashkelon, and Shimon ben Shatah, having to deal with these 80 women, went and he judged them and he hung them. And they were all hung out on the tree. Wait a second, who were they? Women! says Don't you know the story? Of course the tragic ending was how the relatives then get the son of Shimon Ben they falsely testify and they get him put to death, even though we catch it before the execution. I know, I know, Stanley, not so excited about that. Two things. First of all, you're assuming that, as do I, based on the simple reading of Talmud Yerushalmi. Not clear. Not clear from the Gemara. Not clear from our Mishnah that that was the way. Technically speaking, they should have gotten sikkila and then Tiliyah. la'etz. So that's firstly, you're assuming. Secondly, let's say you're right. Who gave him authority to do so? You're going to hang them? We don't hang women. That's as Even if that's the way of execution, which we've never heard of, we always do Sikila. if I had a Kvachinik, there's no Tilya ala it. But you're right, and I mentioned that nonchalantly yesterday as well. And, and, and I do believe that's the Peshat, even though our Gemara might not accept that in terms of what historically took place with Shimon ben But it doesn't matter, because ultimately speaking, you can't do that to women. It's bizayon to them. Amru the Hachamim respond to Rabili Ezer, Shimonim nashim tala. Look at, think about the circumstances. Let, let's just review what you're talking about. There were 80 women who were killed in one day. Don't you know the halakha? The halakha is, and we'll detail exactly when this is true and when this is not true. But read it at its most basic level. You can't kill two people in one day in Betin. How many people did they kill? 80. So what's the response of hachamim? This was a circumstance, a pressing need. Rabbi Shimon ben Shatah realized this is a dangerous situation. It's a threat to the nation. I'm going to go against our regular standards and approaches to execution, which of course will raise important questions as well. Is there such an authority? Do we have such an authority? In other words, if Shimon ben Shatah is willing and able to go against the regular standards of execution, maybe in today's day and age we could convene a Beit Din and we could figure it out. I mean, you'd have to make the claim that this is really threatening our people, Sha'at and so forth. But ultimately, that'll be a separate conversation, which is an important one to have at the end of the sugya. But at our juncture, in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is the response of the Chachamim. Chachamim turns to be the Ezra. The fact that he he hanged those women proves nothing for us because that was Sha'at The proof of Sha'at he already went against. Other laws that we would never do. So he did it with women as well. It was a depressing situation. He needed to make this, make a scene to teach everyone to dispel of this. Ra mi kirbecha. says the Gemara over here, which is going to deal with our initial issue in the Mishnah, Tanur Rabbanan, the Pasuk describing a person who is hung on a tree. The Pasuk says, I'm going to just read to you the whole Pasuk person is sentenced to death and gets killed. Vehumat he's killed. Vitalita oto al you should hang him on a tree. Yachol kolamumtin nitlin, jumps in the beraita. wait a second, that's a chet mishpat mavet. if he's sentenced to death. Does that mean any death penalty? Sekilah, serifa hereg, chenek. Tamut lomar, pay attention to the next words in the pasuk, or in the next pasuk, rather, ki Elohim talui context of that pasuk as Rabbis mentioned that pasuk says don't allow his corpse to just be hanging there why not Elohim because the curse of God in a literal sense is being hung what do those words mean? Well, the derasha goes like this. The other has Rashi fills in. He says people are now going to walk by and they're going to point at this individual. And they're going to say, wait a second, why is he hanging over here? Oh, the reason he's hanging, did you hear it? It's because he cursed out God. Uh, that's, I don't want that. So put him out for a couple of hours. Let people see it. Let people understand the severity. Let's cut this conversation, though. At, 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 at the beginning, we don't want people talking like that. But wait a second. It means, if we're reading it overly literally, as we are, that the reference in the Torah is to a person who did kilul Hashem megadef, it means that in some way or fashion we're confining and saying that the only time you're going to do t'liya alayitz is something similar to or identical to someone who was mikalele t'ashem how expansive will I be well we already know without reading onward we know how expansive we'll be what's the punishment for megadif Sekila. Aiz is going to say anything that's like mekale, like Megadef, like kililat elokim talui, gets uh, tiliyah la'etz. Hachamim are going to say, well, not so fast. I got to be a lot more close and careful and sensitive to the reading. What does the pasuk say? He cursed. He cursed. Are you going to expand that? I'll expand it a little bit to Avodah Zarah as well. But that's it. You already get the trajectory of the next few lines of the Gemara. Again, the pasuk doesn't just say everyone gets hanged. It then goes on to detail and explain, don't hang too long. Interpreted as, this guy cursed. This guy cursed. He gets hanged. What about everyone else? Well, okay, that's an important conversation. says Anyone similar to him? How similar? I could say a very similar, I could say less than, anyone similar in death penalty. Death penalty, Sekilah, they got the most severe one. You get Taliyah, hachamim, say not so fast. Anyone similar to him, very similar to him. In other words, Megadir, he did Kilul Hashem. Or alternatively, he did Avodah Zarah. Says the Beraitah over here, Ma mikallel ze she b'sekilah, of course she b'sekilah. Of course, that's the opinion. The a b'l'ezer, it's our Mishnah. He says, anyone who gets sikila gets tilial al ha'etz. Chachamim, umrim, Ma mikallel ze she k'far ba'ikar. Says, say, chachamim. Says, wait a second, not every sikila. That's pretty severe. Kililat elokim is pretty severe. We'll call that kafar ba'ikar. It's a person who scoffed, who turned away from principles and fundamentals of faith. Af kul she kafar ba'ikar. So, to anyone else who really turned away from principles and fundamentals of faith. Who's that? And Aved Nothing more and nothing less. That's what hachamim will do, you know. Now they're taking the pasuk and they're expanding it to say, not only the blasphemer. So, basically, we're not reading the pasuk as exactly literal. We just plank, we just that all we yes and no. First and foremost, the Gemara is now going to go on and say, this is a classic debate on how to be doresh pesukim, right? So doresh pesukim. But that doesn't negate what we saw earlier. Because those pesukim we saw earlier, it's not an issue of ribui and mi'ut and any of this sort of business, how do I read it? It's we're reading it exactly as it says it. How much do I now need to walk by those? Dire- I gave you the instructions. You read the instructions. There were no questions about these instructions. Your only question is how specific do I need to be about these instructions? Here you have a question about the instructions to begin with. When I read it in the pasuk, how how specific is it? Not because I'm in a pressing situation. I just want to interpret the instructions to begin with. Anyway, it says the gemara, and yes, sir. I don't think so. I don't think so. The pasuk only says it by the uh, by the uh, by the niskalim. Uh, so, to, to the best of my knowledge, no. I, I think, and, and the Mishnah is not specific on this. I don't know of any Gemara until till tomorrow. I find the tosefta that uh, deals with the issue, but not that I know. Says, says the Gemara or Peleg, of course, means split, something that's in half. the what's the machloket, uh, not fundamentally, technically, between Bili'ezer and Chachamim? So the Gemara is going to suggest the following, I'll tell to you outside before inside. There are two ways and two methodologies of old and how to interpret Pesukim in the Torah. The Torah is written in many, many clever, godly ways. So one of them is the pasuk will first be somewhat expansive, then it'll be more specific, and then it'll again kind of sum it up the way a person might write an essay, mm-hmm. right? You write an essay, you'll start with an opening sentence where you'll describe some general issue. You'll then hone in on the specifics of what you want to talk about and then when you conclude, you'll kind of put it all together in its context again. So the Torah does that very often. The question is when the Torah does that, how should I properly read it? It's two ways of interpreting. Either it's kilal and Perat, or alternatively, it's Ribuy and Mi'ut. What do those words mean? Kelal means collective, Perat means detail. Uh, Ribuy means including, Mi'ut means minimizing, means taking away. How I, what are you telling me over here? Well, it depends how you read these sorts of things. And we'll play it out over here, the difference between the two. So here, take, 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 a, take a look. Rabbanan darjeh klale uprateh. Whereas the hachamim see in the words initially, what's our kalal and what's our perat? Well, the initial words are v'khiyyeh That's what we call kilal. That is expansive. That's telling me any person who hayav gets hanged. Chalas. The next words in the pasuk, but rather the second pasuk, said, wait a second, only a person who is kililat Elohim, only a person who cursed God. What am I supposed to do? You're first expansive, and then you were specific. See, so here's how the Chachamim do it. Vehumat, Vitalita, initial pasuk says if he gets put to death, it seems to be including all four mitzot betin, and you'll hang him. Kelal, that's collective. That's including all four mitzot betin. Ki Kilelat, the next pasuk says because he cursed, Perat, that's detailing. Now, when you have Kelal and Perat, when you envision the Torah as collective and then details, here's the way you envision it. If I had a pile in front of me, it's this pile. And then I take out the perat. Do you understand the, how I'm envisioning it? So now all I'm holding is the perat. It means I'm very minimalist and I'm very narrow. That's kelalu perat. Collective and detail. En There's only what is in the detail. Uh, wait a second. They were a little bit more expansive than that. They included also avodah Say the hachamim is not a classic kelalu perat. The classic kelalu perat is in the same sentence. I say everything and then I say just family. Uh, it's everything, and then just everyone, and then just Stanley means only Stanley. Over here, it's everyone. Pause. Take a few few breaths of air, and, and then I say just Stanley. The fact that they're separated from one another in the eyes of the Chachamim means it's a little bit more fluid than you began with. I'm sorry, I put you into Kilelat Elohim. I'm I'm doing you in the good stuff, right? Anyway, that's, it's a little bit more expensive. You're able to be Marbei. You're able to include as well. Tragically, If the pesukim, if those statements rather were right next to each other. Karob to one another. Amrinan, we would say, We would generally say that the only matters which the Torah is trying to teach you are the perat, which are now explaining the kilal, the detail which is explaining the collective. You don't have anything more. These, yes, in other words, kilelat elokim, megadef, but other matters not. But now, now that these two references are quote-unquote distant from one another. One begins and ends. Then you have a separate sentence with different details. And you got the perat. avodat de be We are now able to include as well, according to the Hachamim which is very similar to Megadev. Okay, that's the opinion of Hachamim. I'm sorry, this is technicalities, but you know sometimes you got to go through the technicalities to then hone out, uh, hone outward, and understand it in in its broader context. Says the Gemara. Okay, what about to be the Ezer? So I told you there's two ways of interpreting these pesukim. The first way was the Hachamim. I have my collection in front of me, and I took one out. Alternatively, there was no collection in front of you. I'm speaking about this. You started with nothing on the table. I now mention everything. So that's called ribui. Mentioning everything but then I detail something, but instead of seeing it as a detail which I now removed from mentioning everything, it's that I mentioned everything and I'm removing just a bit, I'm fine tuning it. I'm not stating just pick one out, I'm rather defining what my ribui, what I included initially, which kind of makes sense. If I started the sentence not with what was out in front of me and then picked one out, I'm rather starting the sentence with putting it out in front of me. That makes sense, I put it out and then I grabbed one, I put it out and then I detailed, I explained that's that's the other way of being doresh that's ribuyeh and miote come or a curry the same that's that's the only difference Alt, uh, Okay, you want to put it like that? Maybe there's a semicolon of some sort. You know, maybe we put the title on. Anyway, it says the Gemara, darish How do you read it like this? the initial pasuk, which tells you he dies and he'll be and he'll be hung on the tree. That's ribui, that's including all. You wouldn't have known it at all. It's not out in front of you. It's ribui. And next words, kikilat, mi'ut. And it tells you only because he was mikalil. That's a mi'ut. That's minimizing, but not minimizing entirely because we're reading ribui and mi'ut as opposed to kelal and perat. If the pasuk mentioned them in tandem, first it said you hang all, and then it said, but really only the mikaleel. So in such a search, we would say, listen, we're going to be a little expansive. We'll say not only the mikaleel, but something else as well. But now that they're distant quote-unquote run from the other ones in one pasuk, the other ones in the next pasuk with a break in the middle. That helps us, that leads us to include. Mm-hmm. Okay, to all, all others who get execution from Sekila. Ultimately speaking, this is the machlok biliaez and a technical machlok, It nothing more and nothing less. Let's just begin this next issue over here in the Gemara. The Gemara said, if you're, the Mishnah said, ha'ish tolin right? The Mishnah mentioned a mahlok between Chachamim and Ezer, whether women would be hanged or not, right? It's maita amayu why do the Chachamim believe that a woman is not to be hung on the tree? What do you mean? Why not? Why is a woman any different? De- uh, amar kera v'talita oto. Oto v'lo ota. The Pasuk that we were mentioning earlier says, and you should hang him. Who's him? It means a man. V'lo ota. Oftentimes the Chachamim have a derasha along those lines. You have it by Berit Mila as well. Uh, oto v'lo ota. Azer. Wait a second. V'nei Beli Azer. Great Pasuk. The Pasuk says oto. V'talita. It says otto. Sounds like it's only a masculine. How do you read that? Says That word, which is extra, unnecessary, is teaching me something else. Oto belo kesuto. It's telling you he, but without his clothing, the person was to be hung naked. Say, Tosafot, wait a second, I thought we already declothed him. I thought we made him naked before we killed him. Says Tosafot, you would have thought that once you took off his clothing and then killed him, then haram, abisir, you're going to hang him naked. The Hidush over here is the Torah oto, belokis Uto. You would have thought that you dressed him on his That's what Tosafot suggests. Listen, ultimately speaking, you're not. You don't like that? Says the and the Don't you agree to that? Don't you agree? He's, 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 when he's hanging on the tree, he's naked. In indeed it's so. Indeed it's so. So then, how do you determine that it's only men? You're reading the pasuk as well. Oto, How do you know men and not women? There's a different pasuk. Pasuk says, The same pasuk, really. It says, but instead of focusing on the word Oto, it says Ish. Ish means a male. Ish Velo isha R'bili'ezer, have a great point. It doesn't only say Oto, which you interpreted and they agreed with you, as Beloke Suto, It says Ish. B'eish, you must interpret that extra word in some way. That word is extra. It's a superfluous word. Why does it say Ish? Chet Mavet. Why does it say Ish? That's coming to exclude a ben sorer u'more. As I told you, the Torah Parashat Ki Kiteset describes ben sorer u'more. We're going to pause here for for the moment, but I'll just tell you the segment that we're up to over here in the Gemara. This claim is that Resh Lakish says for Bili Ezer, ben sorer u'more, the halachai, is only a child who is in this circumstance will be put to death in such a fashion in other words only a ben more can be put to death in such a fashion the fact that the Torah says ish it's coming to tell us the only person who will be hanged is a man, but not a ben Soreiro More. But wait a second, maybe a ben soreru more is a man, or the halacha is a ben soreru more. <laughs> We have a derasha from Pesukim later on that it's only a child. It's a child who's not ra'ui leholit, who's not able yet to, 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 to birth children with another. So that means to say that the derasha in turn for the hachamim over here encountering Rebili Ezer of Ish has nothing to do with male. It has to do with adult as opposed to child. A child, ben soreru More would not be a handful we'll of continuous tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Dei